This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. Ero Kamano Ahinya for listening to this broadcast. Ero Kamano Ahinya, my friend, Pastor Paul Ochin, for your co labor and your outstanding work. And uh, I also want to say Erokamano Ahinya to Nicholas and the entire staff of Radio Mackay for airing this broadcast week after week. And finally, I want to say to those of you who are praying for Pastor Paul and his wife Vivian and for me and for my wife Maureen, Erokamano Ahinya, we need your prayers. Prayers praying protection against the powers of darkness. Prayers for wisdom and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Prayers for encouragement. We need encouragement with the spiritual battles that we fight. Prayers for open doors. And prayer for finances. Um, I, I think I should mention that I pay... I have to raise the money to pay for this broadcast. So no one pays me to do the broadcasting, but I raise the money to to pay for this broadcast. And so it doesn't go into my pocket. I don't, the money that I make, I, I can't use as salary. And so I need your prayers that God will raise up uh, benefactors that will say, you know what, I want to get your broadcast on other stations as well, and I want you to be able to take a salary for this. So would you please pray for that, my friends? Now, speaking of prayer, let's pray right now. Walem, be rojo maler. Thank you, Erokamano Ahinya, for your word. You are the master teacher And this teaching will fail unless you come through. And our lives cannot be changed, Rojo Maler, unless you open our hearts, our eyes, and our ears to receive all that you have for us. But it cannot stop there. Rojo Maler, we must live our lives to glorify the Father, Wonwa, and the Son, Yesu Christu. And by the way we respond, let us bear great fruit for the Father and the Son, and for your entire church, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, my friends, this is part two of our series on Jesus reveals the Father heart of God. Jesus reveals the Father heart of God. It is in my thinking, I think this is going to be one of the most important series that I have, or teachings that I've ever given in my ministry, in my life. Why do I say that? Because of the subject matter. Because it has such a profound 
powerful ability to change and transform us individually, to change and transform churches, and dare I say to change the face of the nation of Kenya, which I love. That's why I can say, Ahero Kenya, Anja Kenya. I hope I pronounced that right. <clears throat> now, we are in John chapter 1 and verse 18. And I want to read that right now. John 1, 18. Listen, if you missed last week, please go to my website. You can listen to the broadcast there on the podcast section. The website is simply bradably.com. Bradably.com. Let me spell it. B as in boy, R-A-D as in David, A-B-L-E-Y, A-B as in boy, L-E-Y dot com. And maybe it will be repeated in later in this broadcast. John chapter 1 and verse 18. John says, no one, that word in Greek is emphatic in the Greek text. No one, absolutely no one has seen God at any time, ever. The only unique God, that is referring to God the Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. When John says no one has seen God at any time, there have been, there have been momentary visions of God in the Old Testament to the prophets and in the New Testament, but they were temporary. They were not full on face to face, even though sometimes the Hebrew language speaks that way, but it uses, that is something we call hyperbole or exaggeration to make a point. It's, it's emphasizing intimacy, but not so here. John says no one has seen contemplated without hindrance the fullness of God remaining day after day after day like Jesus for all eternity that's what he is saying and as a matter of fact you know when you're reading scripture it's always so important to look at the context he says in verse 17 so that means we go back to the previous verse he says for the law was revealed, was the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Now Moses had theophanies. Now what is a theophany? A theophany is a temporary, brief manifestation of God. Moses had those. But... Moses is not superior to Jesus, and that is what John is establishing. Moses was a prophet. Moses was a man of God. Moses failed. Moses sinned, but not Jesus. He is more than a prophet. He is the Savior of the world, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. May he rule over Kenya in every regard in Jesus' name. Now, what we have seen here is this stunning description of the Father heart of God 
by the use of the bosom of the Father. The bosom of the Father. That means that the Father is accessible. That means that the Father is intimate. That means that the Father is affectionate, not like Ramogi. And we need the Word of God, my friends, Osiapena, to renew our minds so that we understand that we have wide open access. If we are in Christ, we have wide open access to the Father. And it's the Father that draws us through the Holy Spirit. But through Jesus, we are no longer children of wrath, but we are sons and daughters of God our Father. Would you say that with me? If, if you're a woman, of course, you say, thank you that I am your daughter. If you're a man, obviously, thank you that I'm son, I, your son. I'm just going to say son, okay? Would you repeat this after me? Nyesai wonwa. Erokamano ahinya. That through Jesus, I am your son, whom you love. Take me into your bosom all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Osiapena, please don't miss last week's teaching. If you did, go to my website and listen to it. It is so very important, so foundational. Now, though the word is not used here elsewhere in Mark and in Romans and in Galatians, we see the word Abba. Some pronounce it Abba. But the, it's an Aramaic word, Abba. And Jesus used it in relationship with his father. And then the New Testament teaches it as well. So you, the church in Rome used it. They were accustomed to using it. The, the churches of Galatia were accustomed to using it. And um, you can find Abba in, I think it's Mark 14.36. I'm turning there now just because I want to make sure. Mark chapter 14, I think it's verse 36. Yes, Mark 14, verse 36. Jesus speaks to the Father using the Aramaic term Abba. And it also appears in Romans 8.15. And Galatians 4, verse 6. Abba, do you know Abba is a family name for God used even today among Arabic-speaking Arabic people, both for children who are young and grown. I actually heard it myself back in 2014 when I led a trip to Israel and Jordan. When we got to Jordan, they speak Arabic, not Hebrew. There's a lot of similarity. They say Salem for peace. In Hebrew, it's Shalom. But I heard the bus driver speaking to the tour guide, the Jordanian tour guide, and I heard the word Abba. And I went and asked, I said, you still use that to speak to of your fathers or to your fathers? They said, yes. Yes. 
So that's an amazing, it's an enduring word, but you see, it it is a family word. We are adopted into God our Father's family through faith in Jesus Christ so that he now treats you and me as his very own sons and daughters. And that's why I encourage you to speak to him that way. Thank him. Just say, Father, thank you that through you, Lord Jesus, I am eternally your son, your daughter. Holy Spirit, will you make that more real to me? What a beautiful prayer. Now, Osiopena, is that a prayer that God wants to answer? What do you think? Of course, it is. Now, we need to dig deeper by going back to the Old Testament. Because again, what John tells us about the Son and the Father, the Son being in the bosom of the Father, that is a picture of great affection and intimacy. But it's not surprising. Over and over and over throughout the Old Testament, we there the word ahav is used of the way Yahweh loves his people. Ahav. Would you say that? Ahav. It's a friendship love an affectionate love. Think about that. <laughs> that is who God is. When you say God is good, that is one among thousands of, of definitions. And in the New Testament, we have the word phileo, which is also remarkably an affectionate friendship love. Let me go back to Jeremiah 31, verse 3, as we are establishing an understanding from John 1.18 of the Father heart of God. Because everything that goes before this verse is a lead-in to John 1.18. It, it, it prepares the way so that the original readers were not too surprised because they already had a reference point from the Old Testament. For example, Jeremiah 31, verse 3. I want to urge you to memorize this. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Pray it. Thank, thank the Father for this. Look at this, my friend. This is... Well, if you ever have to wonder about the love of God for you, that's why I'm saying memorize this verse right here. The Lord Yahweh appeared to him from afar, to Israel, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and therefore I have drawn you with my loving kindness. That, my friends, is God telling his people exactly who he is. There's no guessing. He, he, he tells us clearly who he is. And he is not a man that he should lie. 
I have loved you. That word translated love is ahav. See, I have loved you, a friendship love, an affectionate love, with an everlasting love. Again, he repeats the word ahav. You see how he, God is emphasizing that so that we get it. Therefore, I have drawn you with my loving kindness. And that word right there is my favorite word in the Bible. It is chesed. Chesed. That's how the Jews pronounce it. It is spelled H-E-S-E-D. I think it's the most important word in the Bible. Why? Because it can be translated about six different ways. It is rich, it is pregnant, and it is manifold in the way that it describes God. Number one, chesed is covenant loyalty. You see, God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are loyal to you and to me. It means steadfast love. Steadfast love. It means faithfulness. Faithfulness. It means mercy. <laughs> mercy. Where would we be without the mercy of God? It means favor. Favor. The favor of God. And at the moment, I can't remember the sixth definition, but that is a lot. If you've listened to these broadcasts for any length of time, you know that I have defined that word many, many times. That is Ahav and Chesed in one verse. So it's a friendship love and a covenant love. A covenant means I am with you through thick and thin. But that's not all. There's so much more. If you'll turn with me to, to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus 34. One of the most important verses anywhere in Scripture because it's repeated in various ways throughout the Old Testament 14 times. And this is Yahweh describing himself to Moses and to Israel. He says this in Exodus 34, verse 6. The encounter that he had with Moses, then Yahweh passed by in front of him and proclaimed Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim. That When God repeats a word twice, and that happens about 10 times in Scripture, with Moses, Jacob, Abraham, Paul, but in this case, Saul, when Jesus was converting him, Jesus said it. Samuel, you have Simon Peter, you have Martha, you have Jerusalem, that's eight, and I can't remember the other two. That's a lot. It's always, always, always in the context of affection. 
That's how you can hear the tone of voice, which is how Yahweh was speaking to Moses. Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, compassionate and gracious. Listen to this. Slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness, chesed, and truth. Well, the word compassionate is racham. Racham, R-A-C-H-A-M. It is a deep love from a superior to an inferior. That is how God loves, my friend. That is the Father heart of God. And Jesus reveals the Father heart of God over and over and over in all four Gospels. That's why we need all four Gospels. But he says, compassionate and gracious. Now, the Hebrew word gracious comes from Hanan, which is a heartfelt response from someone with something to give to someone in need who also has no real claim to gracious treatment. Can you see how deep the Father's love is for us? We just sang that hymn a couple weeks ago in church. Oh, what a powerful hymn. A modern day hymn it is. And then in the New Testament, you have agape which is unconditional love through thick and thin covenant uh, love. But it's also a giving, serving, self-denying, sacrificial love. And it is supremely seen in John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? His only unique son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Do you have that everlasting life? Have you believed in Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to him? That's how you can know the Father, my friend. Osiapena. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior... I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right this minute. And if you are ready and you are willing to surrender your life, the Bible says now is the day of salvation. Today is the appointed time. You can have your sins forgiven, wiped away. I want you to pray these words with me, Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I surrender my life to you. Take my life, Lord Jesus. Live your life in and through me. And I will live for you and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that you have forgiven me of my sin. 
And thank you, Jesus, that you are now my Lord and my Savior forever and ever. Now, my friend, if you prayed that prayer with me, call in to the station, the number that Pastor Paul will give you. Tell somebody quickly so that you can establish the decision that you made firmly. And then may the Lord help you to find an excellent Bible teaching church so that you can grow. Pastors, bishops, those who are listening to this broadcast that are, that those that preach and teach the word of God, our responsibility is to feed the flock the word of God accurately, humbly, and not just a little bit. You remember now Jesus said in John 21 to Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep right? We are called to be faithful shepherds. Let, let us show the people of Kenya a true shepherd's heart, a true, the, the heart of the Lord that genuinely cares for people. Now, you can't care for everybody, but that's the reason that we have to raise up fellow shepherds, other other servant leaders in the church to care for the church. It, sh- it cannot fall on your shoulders alone. But you must care for those that you lead as well. They're sheep just like you and me. And the only way we can do that, my friends, Osea Pena, is by praying for them, asking God, give me your heart for your people. Help me to love your people like you love them. Help me to see your people like you see them. Help me to listen to your people like you listen to them and to me. Is that a prayer that God wants to answer? Yes, it is. Absolutely. And the more you and I pray prayers like that for them, the more we're going to have God's heart for them. Listen, my friends, I grew to love the church as a young believer by praying the prayers that Paul prayed for the churches. I thought to myself, how do I know how to pray for the church? But the Holy Spirit knows, and he inspired the Apostle Paul. One of my, probably my favorite prayer that I pray for you comes from Colossians 1, 9 through 12. And I memorized it decades ago. And let me pray, pray for you now. Father, for those that are listening to this broadcast, would you fill them with the knowledge of your will in all all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they might walk in a manner worthy of you, pleasing you in every respect, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power, 
according to your glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience that they might joyously give thanks to you for qualifying them to share in the inheritance of light in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, my friends, that's one of the most powerful prayers you can ever pray. And you know what? It took me about a minute to pray that prayer. Our prayers don't have to be long, but they have to be effective in faith. God bless you.